0: This is the Public Radio Hour, our weekly mix of special programs, community conversations, and homemade radio features. In the next hour, we're talking about the evolution of science, technology, engineering, arts, and math in the classroom as we preview Saturday's Steam Fest 2021. It's all hands-on. It's
1: interactive. It teaches you a lot of fun things about science that you might
0: not necessarily have been thinking about. We'll talk with Huntsville Science Festival creator Joe Iacuzo and Smarter Every Day host Destin Sandlin, one of the event's
2: featured speakers. It gets a lot of people that are interested in science. gets us all together and then we can just have community, which is really cool. We'll also talk about the dozens of hands-on
0: activities at STEAMFest and why it's important to our future with Dr. Erica Hopkins.
3: When you think about underrepresented at minorities in STEM, females, women in STEM. There's a huge shortage. The
0: Public Radio Hour is next. We'll be right back. This is the Public Radio Hour, our weekly mix of special programs, community conversations, and homemade radio features produced in the studios of listener-supported 89.3 WLRH. I'm your host, Brett Tannehill. Something big is happening this Saturday, October 30th, in Huntsville. And here in the Rocket City, that's not something said lightly. So what combines Tesla guns shooting lightning across a stage, a linear accelerator, robots galore, a massive archaeological discovery, even a dinosaur Earth? It's called STEAMFest 2021, part of the latest iteration of the Huntsville Science Festival. STEAMFest is free and open to the public this Saturday from 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. at the Von Braun Center's East Halls 1, 2, and 3, and also spilling out into Big Spring Park in downtown Huntsville. It's packed with dozens of hands-on STEM-related activities and more than 40 different science-related exhibits. It's geared toward younger aspiring scientists, technicians, engineers, and mathematicians, but people of all ages can play, too. It's a unique chance to get up close and personal with all sorts of science and technology from NASA, Northrop Grumman, Aerojet Rocketdyne, the National Space Club, the Hudson Alpha Institute for Biotechnology, Blue Origin, and even the FBI. The Missile Defense Agency is also giving away more than a thousand free science kits, and you can take part in an art contest to win your very own space dinosaur. We'll talk about all that and explore how STEM experiences have changed over the years as we talk with Northrop Grumman's K-12 STEM and Workforce Development Lead, Dr. Erica Hopkins, and YouTube star and host of the channel Smarter Every Day, Destin Sandlin, who is one of the featured speakers Saturday morning at 11. But let's start this STEAMFest special at the beginning and meet the creator and director of the Huntsville Science Festival, Joe Iacuzo. And before we dive too deeply into the litany of speakers and events and activities <laughs> yeah. that are going on um, with uh, STEAMFest 2021, Joe, maybe you could talk to us a bit about some of your earliest experiences that got you interested in science in the first place. How, how did you, as a young person, develop a passion and an inspiration and an interest in science, and then how did that turn into a career uh, or, or what you do today? Well, being severely ADHD growing up,
1: I got put out in the hall, and I read all the time, and I read a lot of science, I read a lot about dinosaurs, and um, in 1996, I was asked to do some marketing and promotion work by the, uh, by Arizona State University for a Uh, DinoFest, which was at the time the largest exhibition of dinosaurs ever. I met a bunch of paleontologists there whose books I'd been reading and I ended up working with some of them to publish a children's dinosaur magazine that led me to develop some dinosaur museum exhibitions and the most amazing thing that's probably ever happened to me, I was contacted by Universal Pictures to develop an educational outreach program for the Jurassic Park brand. It was called the Jurassic Park Institute. And for six years, we were the largest online resource for dinosaur paleontology ever created. And I'm very proud so to say. So this
0: started with you getting put out in the hall in school, and you ended up creating and managing and, and sharing these giant dinosaur exhibits. Exactly. It, it, it's astounding. So kids don't give up out there.
1: Never give up. It, it's not a career that anybody tells you about in school. And um, I've also published several books and, on dinosaurs. We produced um, a dinosaur documentary called Secrets of the Dinosaur Mummy which is one of the most amazing fossils ever discovered, and we'll actually have a a model of that at STEAMFest. And by the way, STEAMFest is free. Uh, All of our events are free through our nonprofit foundation, the Innovation
0: for Education Foundation. So, and we're going to talk about fossils and uh, space dinosaurs uh, in just a moment, um, but kind of back to the early days, we're still in the early days, now <laughs> now, talk to us about the early days of the Huntsville Science Festival. Obviously this year you said the main attraction is uh, called Steam Fest 2021. But the Huntsville Science Festival started a a bit smaller. How did it start, and how did it get to this giant thing that's about to happen on October 30th?
1: Well, in 2018, I was living in Hawaii, and a volcano went off 30 miles from my home, and I had to find a new place to live. And I had previously been a founder for the Las Vegas Science Festival— and Huntsville came up on my radar as a wonderful place to live, and the head of the Science Festival Alliance, which is based at uh, MIT, said, hey, Joe, Alabama is the only state in the South without a science festival. Why don't you start one
0: there? So, um, And Huntsville is a good place to do that. It, here is, in the, in it is a
1: phenomenal place. And the reception we've got, so last year, unfortunately, due to COVID, we were virtual, but we still had... a. Little over 17,000 people in our community participate in our virtual events. This year we intended to have more in person events because a science festival traditionally is a week long series of different events culminating with the STEAM Fest. Um, but we canceled most of those and uh, we're focusing on STEAM Fest. And we'll have one other in-person event at Interspace Brewing, which will be a fundraiser, and we'll have some of our speakers giving brief talks
0: on Thursday night, the 28th. So just to clear up any confusion, Huntsville Science Festival is sort of like the umbrella idea of this. Steam Fest is the giant one-day event happening at the VBC on October 30th. I I was wondering if the name had been changed. I'm seeing billboards and things like that. I was like, did... Is it still the Huntsville Science Festival? Is it something else now?
1: Yes, it is still the Huntsville Science Festival. Um, I I will say that next year we're going to rebrand as the Alabama Science Festival because we are expanding. Some of our partners want us to reach into other communities around the state, and there is no other science festival in Alabama. So uh, we'll be it, and uh, we'll try and hold events in other cities as well.
0: And one of the neat components of this uh, festival, this event, uh, that is carrying over to this year is the thousands of science kits that um, kids and adults, I guess, can can uh, get a hold of. These are free to access. Um, we can, we'll talk about how to get one of those in a, in a moment. Talk a bit about these science kits uh, and what they do and what they can teach.
1: Well, we have right now, um, the Missile Defense Agency gave us a thousand that have, uh, that are divided into different grade levels for younger kids and older kids. And they have robotics, they have um, some physics in there. Uh, We have through the, um, we have model rocket kits. We have, uh, Northrop Grumman is providing what they call um, umbrella bag rockets, which will be a way to demonstrate how a rocket flies and the physics of rocket flight. Uh, We have some – we're calling them science derby car kits that we're giving away that uh, you can build and and make a vehicle and demonstrate the physics of how vehicles work. Um, We have – some of the other companies are bringing uh, kits on photography and to demonstrate like uh, how do you build a camera obscura out of a box and the principles Very cool. of photography. So it, it's, um, I know the FBI is bringing some forensics information, and we have some climate change education kits, like your a personal emissions calculator that helps you determine how much, what, what's your
0: exact carbon footprint. That sounds amazing. And uh, aside from the science kit, uh, so many hands-on STEM activities. Uh, including a rocket launch, a simulated rocket launch happening outside the BBC. T- tell us a little bit about this. Northrop
1: Grumman is bringing their rocket launch tower, and it demonstrates two types of rocket um, mechanisms that and how they work. Uh, every 30 minutes they're going to do the launch. It's on a 40-foot tower that uh, shoots up. It'll be in Big Spring Park right across from the um, Von Braun Center event. And they also have 10 booths outdoors that have things like a linear accelerator. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff. They have a stomp rocket uh, and, and just amazing things. And it's, like you said, it's all hands-on. It's interactive. It's, uh, it teaches you a lot of fun things about uh, science that you might not necessarily have been
0: thinking about. We're talking with Joe Iacuzo here on the Public Radio Hour, and coming up later in this episode, uh, we'll hear from Dr. Erica Hopkins, who works in K-12 STEM outreach with Northrop Grumman, and get some more details on this. So science kits, hands-on activities, rocket towers, and also some great speakers. Destin Sandlin, host of Smarter Every Day, will also be coming up uh, in this episode. And as we were talking off mic, uh, you told me that um, Sarah Knight with Blue Origin is going to be delivering a speech titled, I Trained Captain Kirk for Space Flight. Yeah, that's a
1: really, going to be a really fun talk. Um, everybody, well, most everybody in Huntsville will know who Captain Kirk is if you've ever seen Star Trek. And as many people know, William Shatner flew on the latest Blue Origin flight last week and he um, was trained by Sarah Knight, and and she is just so tickled to be able to tell people, I trained Captain Kirk on
0: how to be an astronaut. So what, I, I know there's too many things to really pick, and maybe you don't even want to answer this question, but is there anything in particular that you were just really interested or really excited to see happening uh, at this STEAMFest event?
1: Well, we have Dr. Scott Persons, who's a paleontologist. And, and because of my background in paleontology and dinosaurs, I'm very excited that we have an entire section of the event center uh, titled Dinosaur Earth. Well, he'll, he'll be stationed to Ooh. talk to people. He'll have a lot of fossils, uh, some real fossils that you'd be able to handle and touch. Um, We've got a real dinosaur footprint that's on uh, loan to us from the St. George dinosaur site in in, uh, St. George, Utah. We'll have some dinosaur teeth. We've got a raptor arm. Um, Scott, last year, uh, wrote the book, uh, published a book called Megarex, and he is pretty much an expert on T-Rex and some of the other meat-eating dinosaurs that really fascinate people, and we'll have a rap, uh, the raptor arm. And then, I, for me, one of the coolest things, as you alluded to earlier, we have a space dinosaur. I was able th- to convince the folks at Blue Origin to fly on uh, New Shepard 14, a small vial of dinosaur bone fragments that came from the arm of a dromaeosaur, which is a raptor dinosaur. And we will actually be giving some of those away with certificates of space flight to uh, about 20 people at the event. Um, we'll have contests like an art contest for kids and adults because I know a lot of adults really want some of those. Um, and uh, it's just a wonderful memento. And, and like I said in one other interview, it, it, flying a dinosaur back up into space is kind of a – poke in the eye to the asteroid that ended them.
0: <laughs> That's Yeah, and you were uh, kind enough to bring us one of these uh, tiny fossils uh, that has been flown in space. It's in a, in a little uh, diamond-shaped shape uh, uh, display has flown in space. And listeners, you can find a picture of this item on our Facebook page and on our website. And Joe, as you mentioned, you'll be giving some of these away uh, dur- during the event. And from what I understand, these are highly sought-after Items, right? Yes, we, we've had people
1: offer to buy them, but we are not selling them. We're, as I said, we're a nonprofit, and we do these things to uh, inspire, to inspire, especially young people, to look into STEM careers and STEM learning. And for me, as a as a kid. Reading about dinosaurs, going to museums and being able to look at and touch dinosaurs is just uh, something that really made me want to learn more about science and the scientific method.
0: There are so many amazing people and companies and, and uh, activities associated with this. Joe, how did the interest swell like it did uh, for, for this? I mean, it's really going to be a giant event. How? Why are so many people interested in being involved with this?
1: Well, I'll say one thing, that having started other science festivals, this has been, I would say, the easiest one because of the people in our community, the companies and the organizations in our community, uh, and just people who are just so dedicated to STEM learning from uh, you know the Boys and Girls Club. They have a huge STEM club. And then people like uh, Dr. Hopkins from Northrop Grumman, um, some of the folks, uh, Daisy, Dr. Price at uh, Hudson Alpha. The people at ERC and, and the and NASA especially, they actually moved their, their event, uh, Artemis on the Square, from the day of our event to the following weekend so they could put their resources into STEAMFest 2021. And we are just so tickled with that. And I think a lot of them, and this is important for people who are looking to get a career with some of these companies, um, we will have a career booth there. Um, for example, Marshall Early Career uh, Opportunities is a NASA entity that will have their own booth there to talk to people who are young people who are interested in becoming interns at NASA. Oh, very cool! Um, and you know, we've got uh, professors like one. I think one of the coolest things, Chris Vrenna, who whose name might not be on the tip of everyone's tongue, is uh, a rock and roll hall of fame inductee from last year who will be giving a talk on the science of sound and i I just think that's so cool that that we have a a rock and roll hall of famer on stage
0: teaching over at Calhoun community
1: college yes and um we've got uh for younger people i think it's going to be a lot of fun two uh main stage events one is michael green the science machine he is a, he's a blast for younger kids and Steve Trash he calls himself the uh, Rock and Echo Warrior he'll also be on the main stage and then one of the most visually stunning things will be uh, our own uh, Phil Slowinski with his Tesla gun and which is basically he's going to shoot lightning and explode some hydrogen filled balloons oh yeah
0: <laughs> so uh, so at the beginning of the interview we, we zoomed backwards and talked about the early days so let's let's end our, our talk. Uh, Joe, um, zooming out from the Huntsville Science Festival and looking ahead into the future days and years of science and technology, you can only pick one thing, but what is one thing that you are especially fascinated with that you see or expect to happen within the next five years or so?
1: Well, our poster for our Dream Big Alabama alabama initiative which is a collaboration with us and blue origins club for the future says it all it's a it's an incredible picture that dr alexandra LaFort created specifically for this event and it shows a a moon colony and i think that uh, that is one of the most amazing things we'll see and uh, from my paleontological bent Um, I think that because the moon was most likely broken off from the earth many, a few billion years ago, we might find some interesting fossils up there. I knew you were going there. How did I know that? I was about to say that. Space dinosaurs for real? They wouldn't be dinosaurs, but uh, we might find some single-celled organisms that uh, were around back then.
0: That's amazing. Well, Joe, we appreciate you stopping by, uh, and best of luck with this event. It sounds amazing.
1: And I want to point out one more thing. Huntsville Ballet is going to be there. They're doing a great presentation on our main stage as well.
0: Literally, there was just too much to talk about, so you probably should just go check it out for yourself. That was Joe Iacuzo, director and creator of the Huntsville Science Festival, which is presenting STEAMFest 2021 this Saturday from 10 to 6 at the VBC's East Hall and Big Spring Park. This event is open to the public, and you can find more info about activities and speakers at huntsvillescience.org. This is the Public Radio Hour, our weekly mix of special programs, community conversations, and homemade radio features produced in the studios of listener-supported 89.3 WLRH. I'm your host, Brett Tannehill. Yes, there are dozens of hands-on science exhibits and challenges. And yes, there will be simulated rocket launches in Big Spring Park off a 40-foot rocket launch tower. We'll hear more about that in a few minutes from Northrop Grumman's Dr. Erica Hopkins. And yes, there will be some amazing speakers as well at STEAMFest 2021. One of them will be YouTube star and host of the Smarter Every Day channel, Destin Sandlin, who has created dozens of highly educational and globally popular videos that explore our world using science. Destin is also what he describes as an as-needed engineer with ERC Engineering and Science Services here in Huntsville, which is how he got connected to the Science Festival.
2: ERC, they're a major underwriter of, of the Science Festival. They um, contacted me originally and said, hey, we're sponsoring this thing. You want to come to a meeting? And so I got involved, and, yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be fun. But ERC is a, they're a really good t- company here in ca- town. I've, I've been really pleased with them. Because you're described on Wikipedia as American engineer and science
0: communicator. Which I
2: would have never put those terms together. I was together. like, did you write your own Wikipedia <laughs> no, page, Dustin? I've made a point to never edit my own <laughs> Wikipedia page, actually. Probably a good idea, because yeah.
0: anybody can edit those things.
2: Yeah, yeah, you never know.
0: Let's go back into the early days of Dustin Sandlin. Tell us, what were some of your early experiences with science that sort of drew you into it? Was it your your dad working? Did you see? Were you read a science fiction book? Or what was something that happened early on with you that turned the
2: switch on? That's an interesting question. My dad certainly had a major influence in my life. He had a. Uh he had a game we used to play. He had an old uh, 1972 240Z. It's a Datsun. Right. And uh, we were riding in that around. He would say, do you know? And and he would say it like that, and he would pause. He'd say, do you know? And he'd pause. And you and knew
0: the game was about to begin. The game was on. Right. And
2: then he would say something else, like, what happens if you travel east versus west? You know, And you know he would explain the Coriolis force and things like that. And so – um, dad certainly had a lot to do with that, um, but I think curiosity has always come naturally to me. It's just been something that I, I really, I don't know, I just like to ask questions and try to answer them. And um, I didn't even know what an engineer was until like 10th grade. There was a, a gentleman that lived across the street named Gary Lieberg, and uh, he was in a wheelchair. He was an engineer for Boeing here in town in Huntsville, and um, he taught me the word engineer and what it meant, and he explained it to me. And I was like, yeah, I think I want to be an engineer. So it was pretty good. My dad worked with engineers, but he wasn't technically an engineer. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of how it got started. So let's talk about uh, Smarter
0: Every Day a little bit. Um, I think the first time you and I met was several years ago when we brought Science Friday to the U.S. Space and Rocket Center. Yeah, that's and right. And you were kind of drawn into that due to Smarter Every Day, which has grown a good bit since then. There's the the famous video of the chicken with the head. Oh, I, yeah, the chicken head tracking. You can't head see tracking. me, but my
2: head is tracking
0: <laughs> around the microphone here. This is here. a
2: much more uh, enjoyable experience here in studio. This is pretty fun, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so how has Smarter Every Day changed since... The chicken video. You've done, obviously, many other things. I, I, oh, saw, my goodness. I saw where you built the swing set for one of your, your neighbor's children, mm-hmm. um, and uh, there have been many, many other things. The latest one is about the James Webb Space Telescope. You mentioned your dad. He helped build the sunshine yeah, for it. Yeah,
2: so all that stuff happened. Like, when you were talking about the chicken head tracking video, I can remember we're on the campus of UAH. I can remember being class over here at Technology Hall at UAH, thinking about missile tracking and things like that, and then going home and moving this chicken around, and its head stayed stable. Yeah, and trying to, you know, connect the two—the chicken and the missile classes. I was—I can remember trying to make that happen. And Dad, the the James Webb Space Telescope, the sunshield stuff was done just right here, um, just behind the tech, technology hall over there. There's a a company called ManTech that was a subcontractor for Northrop Grumman, so they did that here. I don't know; it's all kind of coming together. But Smarter Every Day has kind of grown unintentionally um it's weird because when i was growing up i wanted to be a baseball player and now kids say they want to be youtubers and that was not right you know i i, I didn't even know what a youtuber was i didn't want to be a youtuber and it's really strange the way it's happened did you want to be a a, a radio host or what's your absolutely official title? not <laughs> I, mean,
0: I would not have ended up here
2: you know if yeah, i had known but, but you're uh, really good at it
0: well, thanks. But, yeah,
2: I, I tune in all the time. I hear you all the time, and you're, you're you've got a nice, steady voice. And you, um, people don't know, but all the stuff you're keeping on track here behind the scenes, it's very complicated. So you have to be very organized. So it's impressive. So you didn't expect to do this? Uh, absolutely not. I mean, I started
0: as a journalist. I didn't expect to be you know running a radio station at, at some point. But you know, as I'm sure you know as well, life takes you where it takes you. And uh,
2: what kind of journalist?
0: Uh, investigative. I just did a little bit of everything. Locally? Um, uh, well, I think you're interviewing me now. Uh, I'm sorry. I it's mean, kind of interesting. How, how is this happening? I, <laughs> well, I the usually... viewers
2: don't get, or listeners don't get to, to hear this very often. I, I I think you're an interesting person, so that's oh, well, kind of naturally happen.
0: Well, I appreciate you saying that, and uh, I think that you're interesting as well, which is why you are here on the Public Radio Hour with us. We're talking with uh, Dustin Sandlin, uh, Smarter Every Day, and I do want to circle back to this latest video Um, because I have always been a space nerd. It's always been just sort of bigger, obviously, than I can wrap my head around. And then I, I watched your video, and it opens with you and your dad together, and that just really struck an interesting chord with me, which is one reason I asked you that first question about that, you know, those early examples or early experiences that you have. So, talk to me a little bit about making the video and incorporating your dad in that. That was kind of neat.
2: That was actually a very challenging video to make. Um, I, I was able to get into the clean room here locally with dad on the last day. They were folding up the sunshield, the fifth layer of the sunshield. Or I don't know if it was actually the fifth layer, the fifth one they were they were delivering out in California. And it took a lot of paperwork, and you have to get a lot of approval. What was interesting about that video is it, this is not an exaggeration, there were more people involved with approving my interview of my own father than when I interviewed <laughs> Barack Obama. <laughs> At, I, when I he can was sort president. of see
0: that, really. I mean, you're dealing yeah. with governmental agencies either way, but...
2: Yeah, know. it was it was very, very complicated. But we finally got there, and um, and I'm, I'm glad that we're able to release some of that footage in an upcoming episode of Me and Dad in the Clean Room. Oh, wow. But... Uh, yeah, the James Webb Space Telescope is amazing. I'm very excited about it. And um, I, I noticed NASA just released a video recently about all the different operations that have to happen to unfold the space telescope, you know, after it right. launches. And it's complicated. It's very complicated. So so I found that to be interesting. And it's really cool that a lot of it was done right here in Huntsville.
0: One of the uh, recent interviews we had on this show was with uh, Dr. Dale Thomas, um, who, uh, former NASA program manager... Um, UAH eminent scholar. He works over at the Propulsion Research Center, and somehow, just randomly, the telescope came up, and he's obviously really fascinated with it too. And and he said something, and I didn't follow up with him uh, at that moment. But he says it's going to allow us to look back in time. It's it's so powerful that we can look back in time, and that has been echoing in my head ever since then. Uh, can you explain that to me, Dustin? What?
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so basically, the um, the speed of light um it, it means that like let's let's say that earth has been around for however long you think it's been around let's say one unit of earth life right. yeah so the amount of time uh, that it takes light to travel from earth you know you know from wherever the light originated to earth that's a function of the speed of light and so the further the distance the further back in time you can see because representative
0: that, of a unit of time right, right.
2: there's a horizon right. at some point where the light that's approaching Earth. You know, we we can't see it because it hasn't actually got here yet. There's very complicated stuff associated with that that astrophysicists understand far better than myself. I'm a mechanical engineer, so typically if it doesn't have a a bolt head on it and I can't get a wrench on it, it's harder for me to understand. But it's it's fascinating. The thing that I find most interesting about the James Webb is that there are bands that they're looking for where they can see um, different – basically different elements – and they're looking for these lines, but they have to do them in a red shifted form. So because of the redshift of the light, when it gets here, all the wavelengths are shifted, you know, closer to the infrared side, but they can figure out what the planets were made of. If they can see the elemental, you know, spectroscopy or whatever it's called, the spectrogram from the star, it's complicated. And I just did a really poor job of explaining it.
0: <laughs> well, I, I'm not exactly poor, but if people want to learn more, they can go and check out your video, which the, the whole Smarter Everyday series is really interesting because um, not everyone has a dad who's or, or some a family member or a friend or someone they're connected with to get a direct inspiration, but they find that inspiration from somewhere, and having a resource like that where you can, you know, see videos and see explanations of things uh, really is important. Why do you think so many people have connected with Smarter Every Day over the years?
2: Well, I try to keep it as simple as possible. So the rule of thumb is if it's a very complicated topic, then I try to understand it to the point where I can explain it simply. If it's a very simple topic, I try to understand it to the point where I can explain it in a complicated way. That's really all I do and and so if it's something simple i just look at it closer and if it's something very complex i just try to break it down and so i don't know i i don't i don't ever want to try to win the internet so to speak i'm not trying to like you know get more views or anything i'm just trying to understand it for myself so it's kind of a personal quest to try to understand these different things that i'm exploring
0: and that kind of brings us to why you are here today again we're talking with Dustin Sandlin here on the public radio hour people on that personal quest to understand things the Huntsville science festival steam fest 2021 happening october 30th all sorts of speakers and activities and a virtual rocket launch going on out in Big Spring park uh, and you are involved as well you are you are one of the speakers um, uh, who will be talking about something at the thing so tell us a little <laughs> bit about why you will be, at the Huntsville Science Festival.
2: Yeah, I was asked to participate, and uh, I'm excited to. Typically what I do um, is sometimes I'm asked to give talks about different things, and I think the assumption is – uh, because the, the title of the program is called Smarter Every Day. People think I might know a thing or two, and I actually don't. And so a, an opportunity to speak is just a big reveal of how ignorant I actually am. No, I,
0: You're I, not selling this very well.
2: <laughs> no, it's it's a blast. So, so what I hope to do is uh, just talk to people a little bit about looking at the world differently and how – you know, my philosophy is applied to the different things that I explore. So sometimes when you you think you understand a thing, you, you actually don't. And so what we often call understanding is actually knowledge. We just kind of know the words associated with something and we know how a thing works, but we don't get it. We don't fundamentally understand so one of the things I want to talk about at, this, uh, at the Science Festival is the movement from knowledge to understanding. And um, in general, I just want to inspire a group of people. So I'm thinking there will be a, a lot of youngsters there and a lot of uh, science enthusiasts like myself. And it will be an opportunity for us to get together and talk about some really cool things. And uh, hopefully I can show some behind-the-scenes stuff of things I'm working on in the future. I'm sure you talk to to young people in
0: in other capacities as well. What do you see in the future generations of scientists and engineers coming up? They it seems like so many amazing things are out there for them to participate in and explore and be a part of.
2: One thing I'm really excited about is the way people can collaborate now quickly. And so it's it's nothing to say, "Oh, I'm I'm learning about dragonflies. I'm going to go find the dragonfly expert." you know, email them or tweet them, find them and have a conversation with them. The way that you can coordinate with other people these days is so much faster than it was even when I was in high school. And so I'm really excited about that. And I think um, academic papers, things like that, where I'm, I'm not trying to take away from the academic rigor of writing these big papers, but I'm seeing more and more that people are making major discoveries and they're releasing them the next week. On a video right. that they made on their right. own personal YouTube channel, I think that's fascinating, and so um, it's it's not unusual for someone to do an experiment in California and it be replicated in Wisconsin, and then you know someone in Alabama makes an addition to the discovery, uh, just you know over the course of a, a couple of weeks on YouTube videos swapping back and forth in some kind of forum or on a Reddit post or something like that.
0: And speaking of that, what what is the value of having such a giant? Event like this here in Huntsville, what can people get from going to something like this?
2: Well, number one, I think uh, I, I think it does a great thing for the local the local community because Huntsville is unique. Everybody knows that. So. We're Alabama, and so the internet makes fun of Alabama all the time, right? This is you know, true. Yeah, that's, that's kind of – I think that's kind of why Smarter Every Day works so well is because people are like, oh, listen to his accent. He's probably not that smart. So I can probably understand it if he can. And so that's that's kind of our secret sauce here in Alabama is we're approachable and we don't really care. And so <laughs> I I think – I think what it does for the local community is it it gets a lot of people that are interested in science and you know all the science communication stuff like that it gets us all together and then we can just have community, which is really cool. There's so many cool like it, at Low Mill, for example, the local you know art right. scene. is amazing. There, there's a lady that I've been talking to there that has she's a scientist at NASA. She does art on the side. And so I've been working with her recently to to work on, you know, scientific art. And there's going to be all kinds of stuff like that at the Science Festival, and I'm excited about it.
0: And zooming out from uh, the Huntsville Science Festival, a.k.a. STEAMFest 2021, um, back into the vast awesomeness of all things science, Destin, what – you only get to pick well, let's pick oh. one or two. Oh, man, Pick okay. one or two things that you are especially – fascinated with or looking forward to coming up in the next five ten years.
2: Oh, my goodness. You're talking about, like, personal things it I'm doing, can experiments? Be, well,
0: it could be anything, anywhere. Okay, moon so— Moon bases, I mean, anything.
2: Oh, well, I'm super excited about getting real, like, 360 footage from the moon. I'm excited about that. And so I, I know right now that there are people in— Houston and people here at Marshall working on landers and different aspects of the landers. And I'm super excited about the the new ways we're going to capture the surface of the moon. And, you know, think about it. When, when we went up there with Apollo, we've got, you know, 120 millimeter film photos back. We got 35 millimeter films back. We're going to have very different media coming back from the moon. Imagine waking up and you get to check the tweets from the – the lady on the moon there's just a lady up there an astronaut she's up there and she exists right now she's alive we just don't know her name imagine being able just to wake up and be like oh i wonder what whatever her name is is doing today and you check in oh okay she's just checking the level on eclis the water the clean water generation system that's what she's doing today or wow she did some cool geology yesterday this is cool i'm excited about that you know i'm excited for my kids to know her name I'm excited for my kids to check in with her and just know that it's normal for you to go to the moon. I think that's cool. Well,
0: yeah, that would be cool and also likely to be a reality in our lifetimes. It's fun to dream about. That was Destin Sandlin, engineer and creator of the wildly popular YouTube channel Smarter Every Day. He's giving his presentation at this Saturday's Steam Fest 2021 at the BBC on the main stage at 11 a.m. You can find more info about STEAMFest and the Huntsville Science Festival at HuntsvilleScience.org. This is the Public Radio Hour, our weekly mix of special programs, community conversations, and homemade radio features. Produced in the studios of listener-supported 89.3 Huntsville Public Radio. I'm your host, Brett Tannehill. This hour, we've been previewing Steam Fest and talking about early experiences with STEM education and what it means for future generations. In our final segment, we talk with Dr. Erica Hopkins. She's the K-12 STEM and Workforce Development Lead for Northrop Grumman, which has a huge presence at Saturday's Steam Fest. She stopped by for a visit, and my first question was, explain your job title and how K-12 STEM and Workforce Development are connected.
3: We have a couple of our programs that we focus on workforce development for seniors in high school. So essentially, like we have a high school involvement partnership program. Those are juniors. They start in their junior year. They graduate in their senior year, and then they go on to college. So that's kind of workforce development in a sense of graduating from college and then entering into – I mean graduating from high school and entering into college.
0: So let's zoom back until, uh, Erica, your senior year in high school – were you into science? What was what was uh, high school? Your senior year like for you?
3: So that's a great question, Brett. So my senior year in high school was was quite different. I was not really involved or engaged in the sciences, although I was really good in math and science. But I never had an opportunity to learn about engineering. There was not like a Northrop Grumman or Raytheon or Boeing or anyone coming into my classroom and telling me or exposing me to engineers. I always thought engineers were the train conductors, you know. (laughs) Um, So my senior year in high school, I was more focused on, um, like, doing secretarial work. In fact, I had an internship at that time where I started working for the Department of Defense when I was still in high school. Started off as a summer youth kind of program, and when I graduated high school, I stayed on full-time, and I worked there as a secretary.
0: So what is it about your job with Northrop Grumman that you find – uh, inspiring and compelling you you mentioned when in your senior year you didn't necessarily have a pathway or examples or people that you'd be like oh that's what I want to do right so th- is that something that you reflect in your job today
3: yeah absolutely so the most amazing part about the job that I have now is I get to get kids excited about stem about science about math about engineering and we get to kind of encourage them early on so we actually start in kindergarten, we have programs where we go in and just kind of expose them to engineering. So for me, it's an amazing opportunity because it's something that I didn't have, you know, growing up when I was in middle school or in high school. Didn't really have that. So for me, it's very exciting because Oftentimes, kids think that math and science is really hard, or to be an engineer, you have to be really good in math and science, and that's not necessarily true. I mean, you have to be able to to pass your math classes, but there are so many other components to engineering that, you know, we really want kids to know and understand, and we feel like giving them that early-on, hands-on experience kind of gives them that idea to see whether or not they want to go that STEM path.
0: And this question is something that I've asked a number of different people in a number of different interviews for a number of different reasons. And it's always uh, interesting to hear the comparison between how that sort of thing was exposed to young people, young students 10, 20, 30 years ago Mm -hmm. compared to now. And you sort of touched on that just then. Mm -hmm. But in your personal experience, how big of a jump was it from when uh, Dr. Erica Hopkins was a senior to a senior in high school today?
3: Phew, it was leaps and bounds. <laughs> so for me, um, again, I really didn't have a whole lot of exposure to, to STEM, right? And so coming into this role and looking at all the amazing opportunities, it was um, it was really eye-opening for me. And so what I really, really enjoy about this role is just... Giving kids that opportunity to get excited about it, giving them that hands-on exposure, and then just really, you know, um, watching how they can see whether or not this is something they really want to, you know, get into or they really want to do.
0: Is the experience a lot different for girls now? Because I know that there's a lot of focus on finding uh, women, young, uh, young women who want to go into the, the STEM fields.
3: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, that's where there's a huge shortage, right? So when you think about underrepresented minorities in STEM, you know, females, women in STEM, um, there's a huge shortage. So some of our programming, we actually target young women like Girls Who Code, that's one of our partner organizations. And we really wanna get you know young women involved in STEM because we find that when you bring different people, different backgrounds to the table, you get that diversity of thought, and that's the time where you get the best solutions. Um, a lot of times young women feel like it's kind of a male-dominated feel, so they don't even want to try. But, you know, once you kind of get girls involved in it, they find out that, you know what, yeah, this is something that I'm interested in doing. In fact, um, we sponsor Space Camp, right? So just recently, we had um, a group that attended camp, and there was a significantly large number of young women in the group, and it was really exciting for me, because usually it's, you know, oftentimes it's usually um, boys. And so these young women, they had such an amazing time at space camp that they kind of continued their cohort. And they're um, still connecting and working on projects together um, based on their space camp experience and they're calling themselves the future girls and they're really motivated to continue down that path in STEM and these are um, middle school girls so between the age of 12 and 14 so it's really exciting to see that that once they've had that exposure they're continuing and they want to kind of pursue that STEM, um, STEM degree.
0: And as you and I were talking before the interview the, the most recent group that you brought in was from Selma. So tell me tell me how that went more (laughs) specifically for them. Yeah. Uh, I've done a lot of reporting in Selma in my early days and I know that there are not a lot of STEM opportunities in Selma in the black belt area of Alabama. So, the the folks from Selma, what what did they think about coming to Huntsville and going to Space Camp?
3: So, they had an absolutely amazing time. We partnered with RB RB Hudson STEAM Academy, and we gave them 50 slots to attend Space Camp, but I think about half of them actually attended. But um, it was an amazing experience for those kids. In fact, um, when they first came on that Sunday, we do a career talk with them, and I had one of my rocket scientists actually talk to the kids about careers and one of the first questions she asked is how many of you guys want to be an astronaut and out of the group of 55 students not one of them raised their hand and by the end of camp, we asked the same question, and about 20% of those students raised their hand. Well, you so, have
0: to believe it's an, a possibility to, to, to want to do it.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. So it's like once they had that exposure and had the opportunity to do space exploration, launch rockets, and you know see that they can actually do some of those things, I think it really changed their hearts, changed their mind. And that's kind of where we really like to focus is we want to give kids that don't otherwise have the opportunity Um, We want them to be engaged and exposed in some of these really cool STEM programs to see if it's something they want to pursue. And as we can see from the Selma group, um, they definitely had a change of heart. So.
0: We're talking with Dr. Erica Hopkins, Northrop Grumman's K-12 through STEM and Workforce Development Lead here on the Public Radio Hour, here on 89.3 in Huntsville. And Dr. Hopkins, we always love to talk about that topic, but the real reason you're here today is because this episode of the Public Radio Hour is dedicated to the Huntsville Science Festival, more specifically STEAMFest 2021. Uh, and as I understand it, Northrop Grumman has a... Bunch of things going on, uh, and I'm not sure you'll be able to describe the litany of events and STEM activities that are going on. Uh, so I'm going to run through a few of them, and if it's if it's something you can you can elaborate on, right. uh, help me out here. Uh, but I, I want to start with the uh, the outdoor activity, the uh, the rocket launch tower that's being uh, uh, erected in Big Spring Park it's going to be doing simulated rocket launches is, is this correct?
3: Yeah absolutely so that's probably going to be one of the most popular um, exhibits at the festival Will we
0: see things blow up? That's no what, oh, okay. I'm sure <laughs> no. it'll be yes that's, that's fine I didn't think so I wanted to ask, though. But what
3: you will see is a, an actual rocket launch about 40 feet in the air, and oh, it's wow. really exciting because the kids get to do the checks, and and then they do the countdown, and they actually press the button, and the rocket will launch up to 40 feet in the air. So. See,
0: because I used to launch model rockets, and that is the moment of truth. Yes. That is like the, the bolt of electricity <laughs> when you hit that button and something right. happens. So that's got to be really exciting. Right. So that's happening out in Big Spring Park, uh, among the many other things is happening with uh, Steam Fest 2021 inside the von Braun Center uh, also a number of other hands-on activities so let me go through a few of these uh, there's an indoor wind tunnel
3: yes so that's another really popular event and with the wind tunnel we have the kids kind of go through the engineering design process and they have to build a flying machine that will fly in the wind tunnel up and over um, so it's really really exciting and a lot of times the kids wow. will design something that won't quite actually fly because it's too heavy so gravity kind of pulls it down but um, they have to redesign it and then see if it'll fly up and through the wind tunnel.
0: So during the last uh, Huntsville Science Festival, Northrop Grumman did some sort of robot puzzle, and there are more robots this year, right?
3: Yes. So the robot puzzle is really challenging. It's actually a really small puzzle that you put together, and it has a motor on there. And the kids have to build it and wind it up and see if it will actually walk. Um, That's a really fun exhibit, too, because some of the kids will build a robot, and it walks backwards.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, any other interesting things happening? Because I know there's a number of different presenters, not just Northrop Grumman, but there's there's about 20 or 30 different groups that will be there doing things. Is there anything else that would be of note? If you happen to go to this event, Which Listeners is free and open to the public. Uh, once again, October 30th at the VBC. Uh, anything else you might be able to steer people toward? Anything you're excited about seeing? Yes, yeah,
3: so I would um, definitely encourage people to check out the robotics station. There'll be some VEX robots where kids will have the opportunity to engage in, in some of those um, autonomous robots and, and, and also the ones that are controlled by a remote control. So definitely check out the robotics booth. Um, that'll be a lot of fun, especially for kids.
0: So... Why is direct exposure to things like Space Camp and the Huntsville Science Festival or just STEM activities in general, why is that important, not just to young hopeful scientists, but to our community and the world as a whole?
3: So, right now, there is a huge shortage when it comes to the number of, you know, um, students that are coming out of the universities that have STEM degrees. Um, the United States is falling way way short so in the next five years there'll be I think it's over like a half a million jobs that we'll need to fill but we won't have that technical talent to fill those positions so it is impar- it's important for us um, you know as a corporation to make sure that we're getting that diverse talent so that we can continue to have our you know competitive edge but also just to make sure that we kind of stay on the cutting edge when it comes to our technology So it's really important to get kids engaged very young so that they can kind of continue down that path. We focus a lot on the middle school level because that's kind of when they decide whether or not they're going to go that STEM track. So that's kind of where we focus. But, I mean, overall, we need the STEM talent, and we need to definitely get more young women, men, women of color, people of color involved in um, STEM.
0: And as you and I were talking before the interview, you told me that Northrop Grumman's strategy, one of the strategies is to excite, engage, and educate young people in STEM. And as you mentioned earlier, you've got a focus on middle school ages and also professional development for teachers. So how do we see this strategy play out coming up at Steam Fest 2021?
3: So... Um, when kids and even family members come out and engage in some of those hands on activities, we'll see that excitement. Right. And then hopefully they will follow through. And, for example, like with the robot exhibit, um, if there are educators there, they will have an opportunity to learn more about like the VEX robotics and how they can get that involved in their classroom. Some of our exhibits are very kind of simple. And we, we do that. We do that on purpose because we want educators to be able to replicate some of the things that we're doing in the classroom to continue that excitement and that engagement. Um, so, and then the exposure, of course, we will have engineers on hand, and they will be able. There will be students that can talk to our engineers to learn what it's really like to have a career in engineering. So. Hopefully they'll go from the engagement to the excitement and exposure and ultimately into a STEM career.
0: Well, Dr. Erica Hopkins, thank you for joining us on the Public Radio Hour. Anything else you'd like to add?
3: We'll see you at the STEAM Fest.
0: Thanks for tuning in the Public Radio Hour, our weekly mix of special programs, community conversations, and homemade radio features here on member-supported 89.3 WLRH Huntsville Public Radio. We also hope that you will experience some engagement, excitement, and exposure to the off-the-scale science awesomeness happening this Saturday from 10 to 6 at the Von Braun Center's East Hall during STEAMFest 2021 as part of the Huntsville Science Festival. This event is free and open to the public, and please be considerate of others and wear a mask. Find out more information online at huntsfulscience.org. You can also find a podcast of this show and links to the various things you heard about on our website, wlrh.org. Look under Programs for the Public Radio Hour. Thanks to Northrop Grumman's Dr. Erica Hopkins, Smarter Everyday Host Destin Sandland, and the mastermind himself, Dr. Joe Iacuzo creator of the Huntsville Science Festival, which will be renamed next year to the Alabama Science Festival as it expands into other cities, spreading STEM goodness across the state and beyond. I'm Brett Tannehill. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.